0: Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God. And we're so glad that you're here. All right, guys, let's have a word of prayer and we will jump into the Word of God for today. Father, we love you. And Lord, we recognize that, Lord God, you are a relational God. You want to talk to us. And God, we haven't come here so somebody see our clothes. We didn't come here so we'd check the box that says went to church this week. God, we came here to hear from you, to fellowship with other believers, to worship you. And so, God, we've worshipped. God, we've, we've, we've connected with people. Now, Lord God, we open our hearts, we open our minds, we open our very spirit and ask you, talk to us, God. Speak to us, each and every one, in Jesus' name. And everybody that wants to hear God's voice, said, amen. amen. All right, guys, we are in a series called How God Speaks. And it's really a cool series. Last week we talked about a couple of really important things. Uh, we, We talked about how, the first week we talked about God wants to speak and God actually does speak. In every book of the Bible, God talks. He starts the Bible talking to Adam and Eve and He ends the Bible talking to John on the Isle of Patmos. And in every book of the Bible, even in the book of Esther, where his name is not mentioned, he is still speaking. We talked about the fact, first message in this series, you don't have to teach a child to hear. Children are born, unless there's a physical problem, children come out being able to hear. So you don't have to teach a child to hear. How many of y'all know you do have to teach a child to listen? Big difference between hearing hearing, and listening, and so we talked about that. Then, in this second, in this second week, we talked about God's motivation for talking to us. That most times we go to the Lord when we need direction or provision. God, tell me what to do. God, I need to know. Do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Do I marry that girl? Do I not marry that girl? Do I make this? Job? I need direction or provision. God, I'm sick. God, I have financial need. God, I I have a need. Most times we go to God for direction or provision. But the truth of it is, guys, God comes to us for friendship. God wants us to be loving children, adult children who grow up and who have an adult relationship with him that is a friendship, a real friendship. So, once we got those things passed, now we're, we're, we're talking now about, okay, how do we, because the series title is How God Speaks, how do we actually hear from God? We're going to deal with one factor today, but it is the biggest prerequisite. If you're ever going to hear God speak to you, you've got to come with expectation what you expect, what you think is going to have, what you believe for is going to have a huge... Right off the bat, I want to say it's safe to say that your expectation frames what you will or won't hear from God. Yes, I know there are stories in the Bible where God knocks people off their horse and arrests their attention, where God shows up and just says, Stop! I mean, I understand that there is that that place in the Bible where a donkey talked. And the guy was not looking to hear from God. He was actually being rebellious. But guys, nine times out of ten in the Scripture, people that hear God's voice are looking for God's voice. More often than not, God speaks to people who ask Him and expect Him to talk to them. The great theologian A.W. Tozer said it this way. The person that does not expect to hear God won't. Because every single time God speaks, they will discount it as their own idea. The person who doesn't expect God to ever talk to them, most times won't hear his voice. Because every time he does talk, they write it off as, that's just something else, that's just me. Those people think it's just a coincidence. We will attribute the voice of God to anything and anybody else except what it often is. God's breathed word coming to life through the power of the Holy Spirit to talk to you. The Bible says it like this, guys. Look at, look at what the Bible says. It's impossible to please God without faith because anybody who wants to come to God must believe two things. One, must believe that God exists. Well, most of us don't have trouble with that one. Most of us don't have any trouble with there is a God. But where we get into trouble is this second one. And that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. See, we get so wrapped up in this concept of faith. And, and, and I'm telling you, let's, let's go on ahead and deal with this right here. The Bible says you can't please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. But guys, hear it now. Faith is not some mystical, magical, smoky, hazy empowerment like Obi-Wan wielding the force in Star Wars. Without realizing it, guys, we can kind of adopt a Star Wars mentality about what faith is. Ooh, the, the faith is strong with this one. You, you see somebody and you think, oh, they got a lot of faith. And it's all about their faith. And they've built their faith. And they, oh, it's. But it, we really do. We start thinking about it like the force. Like, hmm, they have a direct connection. They have much faith. And the, the biblical view of it is much simpler. Look at what it says It's impossible to please God without faith. And then the writer of Hebrews goes on to tell us what that looks like. Anybody that comes to God, first got to believe. That God exists. Now, hey, I've never seen him, but I'm kind of sure he's there. The second criteria is the kicker here. We have got... Because believing that God exists is not enough. The Bible says even the devils believe that God exists. And they tremble. So just believing that there's a God is not enough. We've got to believe that God will reward He will respond when we sincerely look for Him. That's what the word seek means, isn't it? You look for. So, here's the kicker, guys. God is, you're not going to hear God if you're convinced God's not going to talk to you. You'll never hear Him if you're just in your own head thinking, Well, Pastor, I'm not holy enough. I don't know enough Bible. I'm not good enough. I sinned this week. I did this. Or God's never talked to me before. All these reasons why I'm just sure God's not going to talk to me. Well, guys, all of a sudden you've moved out of faith into discounting your own experience with God because, yeah, you believe God exists, but you're not really convinced that he will reward those who sincerely look for him. See, the truth is, A.W. Tozer's right. If we never expect God to talk to us, even when he does, we'll convince ourselves it's something else. What we're hearing in our spirit, that's some other voice. That, that's just me. I can't tell you the number of times I've had people talk to me, and they say, well, Pastor, I, this is just me. It's just, it's just me in my own head. And I go, how are you expecting God to talk to you? Think about it this way, guys. The reason I am using my voice and using sound to talk to you is because I don't have the ability to communicate heart to heart, spirit to spirit, mind to mind. Watch right here. I'm going to try to tell uh, Ashley something. Just mind to mind. Did you get it? I I can't do it. I'm not good at it. But we put God in a category of, well, I've never heard an audible voice. Guys, it's like asking God to do a parlor trick. Why do you want an audible voice when the Bible says the Holy Spirit you received the moment you were saved lives here, lives on the inside of you, and can talk. you hear me say this, guys? The Bible is so very clear. The New Testament says people like Moses wish They had the connection with God that you have. The Bible says they looked at it from afar and wished they could connect with God with a Holy Spirit living on the inside of Moses. had to hear a voice because the Holy Spirit didn't live on the inside of Moses. But the Bible's very clear that when Moses got the, the clear understanding that the day is coming... When God will replace our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. With a heart that responds to Him. A heart that Jesus is living in. When Moses saw that coming, Moses goes, Boy, I wish I had that. And how many times have you or me, have we wished for a burning bush and an audible voice? When the truth of it is, Moses wished for what we have. An indwelling Holy Spirit that can talk to us. See, but if you're convinced... God's not going to talk to me. Well, honey, every time he talks to you, you're going to just believe it's something else. So let me help you from the Bible with this expectation component. Because if you don't expect him to talk to you, you'll never hear him. But the Bible helps us with this expectation component. Let me make this easy for you. Look what this next sermon point is. If you're a sheep, you can hear and you can know. Is there anybody here ever given your heart to Jesus and you are now one of his sheep? Anybody a sheep? Well, if you're a sheep, you can hear. And I'm not just saying hope and wish and kind of think maybe God might just... I don't know, Pastor. I don't, I, the, the Bible says you can know. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I believe that. Well, to quote Star Wars, that is why you fail. That's it, it. If you're convinced you can't hear and you can't know, you won't listen and you won't try to know. But And hear me say this, guys. This is not your pastor saying, because, well, see, I have this special relationship with God. And God talks to me and I know it's God. And, I, and you hear these pastors say stuff like, well, you just know. You just know that you know. And I'm going, that's not helpful. You ever had somebody tell you, oh, you just know. And I'm like, I don't just know. When I was asking an older guy in our church, how do I know if I ought to marry Rebecca? How do I know? And he's like, well, you'll just know. And I'm like, that's not helpful. There's no help in that statement. I don't just know. If I just knew, I wouldn't be asking. But the Bible says if you're a sheep... You can hear and you can... And hear me say this. This is not your pastor telling you this. This is not just anywhere in Scripture telling you this. This is Jesus. Look at what the Bible says. Jesus speaking. My sheep. Anybody hear a sheep? I'm a sheep. My sheep hear my voice. He didn't say they might. He didn't say if they're good enough this week or if they're holy enough or if they know enough Scripture verses. He just said if they're my sheep They are going to hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. So Jesus says, if you're a sheep, you're going to hear. Look at the next scripture. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own. And somebody that can read English, read that last line for me. Are you his own? So there's only two possibilities out of this, guys. Either Jesus is a liar, which I don't really think is is in the realm of possibility, or you can hear and you can know. And what's the criteria for you hearing God's voice and you knowing it's God? Are you a sheep? The criteria is not, I'm, I'm, I've got so much education, Pastor, and I've been so holy this week. And I've been—do you know? I know good Christian people who honestly think I've been good this week, so God likes me better. And guys, we're flying in the face of what the Scripture says, which is our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our version of good—how many of y'all know our version of good ain't that good? <laughs> My version of holy ain't that holy. I still, even on a good week, I still get off into sin. So, but, but we get this stupid idea in our mind that if I haven't done this sin, you know, my pet sin, the one, I keep just, the one I keep on the side that I, you know, I get to altar calls and I just do this and kind of hide it. No, I give everything else to you, Jesus, but we're not talking about the what's behind the coat. I give everything, you know. If I, if I somehow had a good week, then, yeah, God will do something for me. How many of you parents give your children dinner based on their performance? Would you as a parent feel like an utter failure if you had a child who had a D on their report card? If your child came to you and said, I really messed up in school, but can I still sleep here? Can when y'all serve dinner, can I, can I eat with y'all? I know I hadn't been, been good this week. Guys, if that's your relationship with your child, you failed. You failed. And yet we feel about our father that way far too much of the time. I did bad this week. I didn't do good this week. Will you still love me? Will you still let me eat? Will you still provide for me? Guys, Jesus said if you're a sheep, you're going to hear him. You're going to know him. And that needs to frame our expectation. You need to walk out of this place today going, Pastor, I'm coming at this from a different background. I'm not Assembly of God. The church I go to, we don't believe in hearing God talk to us. Okay? But I'm telling you, the Bible says, Jesus is the good shepherd and his sheep can hear him. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep can hear me, and my sheep will know me. You deal with that though, however you won't deal with that. When you walk out of here, you need to walk out of here with, I'm a sheep. Sometime during this week, Jesus is going to talk to me. Sometime during this week, I'm going to know that Jesus talked to me. Let's move forward. Next, if you look for him, you're going to find him. He's going, and I love this. Because this is the way the Bible phrases it. If you look for him, he's going to let you find him. Anybody here hide Easter eggs a few weeks ago for kids or grandkids? Tell me, are you absolutely sadistic and such a mean person that you tried to hide them where (laughs) nobody'll ever find that one? No, you hide Easter eggs for the children, not from the children. You know what I'm saying? You're not a success as an Easter egg hider if you hide them such that the kids come in and go, we didn't find any of them. You did a great job. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing in the world. And guys, we think God is hiding from us. But he's not hiding from us. He has pulled himself away because the search brings us closer to him. He's hiding for us. It's the same thing God says about the good things in the Word of God. The nuggets, the good things in the Bible, they're hidden for you, not from you. It's an Easter egg concept. The good things of God are hidden for you. God is not sadistic. He's not, ha, 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 ha. I did it so good this week. Everybody Joseph preached to, look for me, and not a one of them found me. ha, 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 ha. ha. What kind of a relational God would do that? It's stupid. No, guys. And and don't just take my word for it. Please. Every time I preach something, hear me say this. Don't you ever take my word for it. Or don't ever take a pastor saying, well, it's my experience or it happened to me this way. No. Take the word of God. Take the word of God. Look at what the Bible says. Jeremiah. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I'm going to listen to you. You will seek me and get it. You will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then I love the last thing God says in this passage. I will let myself be found by you. Do You ever play hide and seek with a little kid you really love? Tell the truth, isn't it fun when you let yourself be found by them? I'm talking about a little kid. You ever play with a little kid? And I mean, you have to hide like in plain sight. You have to hide with parts of you sticking out because they really wouldn't find you if you didn't. Guys, in terms of us compared to Almighty God, we are at best little kids in our understanding. And He's so far up here. But God says, look, when you come looking for me, I'm going to make sure you find me. I'm going to make sure you find me. Guys, please get that in your spirit. I, I don't care if you like my preaching style or you like that. Uh, it really I, What I care about is you getting the Bible into your soul to the place that it changes how you relate to God. Not, don't get my philosophy... Get the Bible. God says, when you call at me, when you come, when you pray to me, I'm going to be listening. And when you seek me, you're going to find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will let myself be found by you. I'm going to let myself be found. So this should frame our expectation, guys. Hear me say it. If Jesus says, I'm going to hear him because I'm a sheep. And if Jesus says, I can know because I'm a sheep. And God says, when you come and pray, I'm going to listen. And then he says, when you hunt for me, when you seek me, I'm going to make sure and let myself be found by you. That should frame my expectation. That should, there are some of y'all sitting here. You need to let the Word of God revamp your prayer life. Because your prayer life is so much more than just giving God your list and make it, well, I prayed today. God's good with me because I spent my 15 minutes in quiet time. I had my prayer. God is not giving you holy homework. It is not an assignment that you got to check off and then God will go, okay, I'll give them something. No, guys, God says you hunt for him, he'll let himself be found by you. So let's, let's land this plane. Let's wrap this thing up and see, we see with this last sermon point because, boy, I think this is an important one. Give yourself some grace to learn and grow. Give yourself some room. Hear me say this. I don't care what it is you're learning. Nobody learns it all the first day. Mark and Donna are spectacular bakers. But hear me say, everything they've ever made in their life didn't turn out good. you got to have everything you learn. I don't care if you're talking about learning how to shoot a gun or learning how to cook or learning how to do integral calculus. I don't care what it is you learn. You learn like this. Uh, 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 uh. Anybody here ever learned something? Anybody ever know what a learning curve is? I tell you what, there are things in my life I've approached and I thought, I'll never get this. I mean, anybody here failed more than once? Guys, give cut yourself some slack. When it comes to hearing from God, give yourself some grace, some room, some permission to get it right sometimes and to miss it bigger than Dallas sometimes. Yeah, it's going to happen. Well, Pastor, I I don't know about that. What does the Bible say? I'm so glad you asked. I'm just so glad you asked. Look what the Bible says. This is the Apostle Paul at the end of his life. The end of his life. This man had Jesus knock him off a horse, blind him, talk to him on the road, and then Jesus had... Like one on one conversations with Paul. Because the Bible says in Corinthians, I received from the Lord what I gave to you, that in the night he was betrayed, he took bread. Y'all heard that when you take communion? He said, I didn't get this from Peter or John or Jan- I got this from Jesus. I received from the Lord. So this is a man of incredible revelation. He talked with Jesus. This is a guy who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Now, I don't know about y'all, I've never written any Bible. God never trusted me to write something that for thousands upon thousands of years, the Bible says, heaven and earth's going to pass away, but not one comma or period of that's going to pass away. God didn't trust me to write any of that. This is a guy of incredible closeness with the Holy Spirit, of incredible revelation. Uh, And look at what he says, and Philippians, guys, is the end of his life. All we got left after Philippians is like the Timothys and he dies. This is the end. And look what he starts with. Well, not that I've already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal. What? Dude, at this point he's already written Galatians, Ephesians. He's written Romans. He's written, I mean, it's just like. And you're saying, oh, I ain't made it yet. I ain't there yet. I ain't got it all figured out. He said, and I love this. It's difficult language, but get the concept because it's so cool. I press on to take hold of that thing for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He says, I ain't there yet. I ain't got it all figured out. I don't know everything. But look here. This is what I'm doing. I am pushing forward so I could grab a hold of the reason God grabbed a hold of me. Oh, a great scripture this is. But guys, the point I want you to see here is this man of incredible revelation and closeness with God, he himself is saying, I don't always get it right. I don't always hear it right. I haven't. I haven't arrived. So what in the world makes you feel bad about going, Hey, pastor, sometimes I really hit it and sometimes I don't. You're in good company. The Apostle Paul didn't always get it right. He didn't feel like he had arrived. He wasn't there. He wasn't finished. Oh, I just love it. So, guys, hear me say this. The reality is, I don't care what they say, even the most experienced people, sometimes you don't know till hindsight what you were hearing was the voice of God. Thank God there's grace and there's mercy to cover our missteps. And I'm telling you, this is why I very much encourage people, do not speak in absolutes. Be careful of absolutes. I've gone so far as in a staff meeting to tell our staff specifically, I do not want you to use the words, God said. Because I would much prefer you say, I feel like the Lord said, or I think the Lord is talking to me. I believe that God's will in this matter is. It's a small thing. But I'm telling you. Be careful of the person who always says God said. Because nobody gets it right all the time. Nobody hears without, without there being some, some human in it. And guys there is so much room in. Y'all I believe this is the voice of God. Guys, as the pastor of this church, when I get what I believe is the word from God for us as a fellowship for a year, you'll hear me stand up and say, I think, I believe. Our elders, our staff, our board, we've all prayed, and we feel that this is the word of God. But I'm just very, very, very careful of God said. As your pastor who loves you, I'm going to tell you straight up. Even Moses and Elijah didn't get a word from God every five minutes. And look at what the Bible says in Acts 15. Because the language is incredibly telling. In Acts 15, you are dealing with Simon Peter. Preached the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. Simon Peter, you don't get a human being closer to Jesus in the three years of his ministry than Simon Peter. So you got Simon Peter. You got John Oh my goodness, the beloved disciple John. You've got Paul the Apostle, and you've got James, the brother of Jesus, the pastor of the first church, the guy who wrote the book of James. You've got these four guys in Acts 15, and I want you to see the way they say it. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now you tell me. If there's anybody, that four guys that ought to be able to say, well, God said, but they don't, when they go to write it into the Scripture, they say, we think. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Guys, this is a thing of maturity. I'm just telling you. If you can't stand on your own two feet and say, I believe God is saying, It doesn't add weight to what you're saying just to say, God said. And you don't need to, you don't need to, quote unquote, play the God card. So I'm telling you, we think, it seems. These are things that give you room to learn and grow. Guys, we all are in this walk. I don't care if your pastor is 85 years old and he's been walking with Jesus for 69 of those 85 years, he's still learning. He's still growing. He's still walking with God. And so give yourself some space. When you talk to your friends, when you talk to, your, to folks in church, when you, when you are evaluating yourself, go, I really think that's the Holy Spirit. I really think that's God. I believe it's God. I feel like it's God. But leave yourself some room. You're in good company when you leave yourself some room to learn and to grow. These these pillars of the church left themselves some room. It seems like. It seems like. So guys, the whole point of this message is let's expect God to talk to us. Let's believe that because we're his sheep, we can hear his voice. Let's look for him with all our hearts. Because when we look for him like that, he says he will let us find him. Would you stand up and, and let's pray together. Would you just stand to your feet and just all across this place, out of respect for each other, would you stand and close your eyes for just one second? Maybe you're here today and you feel like on the inside of you, you were created for more than the life you're currently living. I, I, you know, Pastor, I'm just kind of slogging it out day-to-day in it, but I feel like there's more. you got a nudge on the inside of you that says you have a destiny. You have a real purpose, but you just had not grabbed a hold of it yet. Hear me say, that well might be the voice of God reaching out to you, drawing you to himself. Guys, we're going to give two altar calls this morning. We're not going to belabor it. We're not going to take a ton of time. But I do want to give an opportunity. If you're here and you've never opened your heart and asked Jesus into your life, if, if you're sitting there and when, when we were talking about being one of His, being a sheep, you, you honestly said, Pastor, I don't know that I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever given my life to Jesus. I don't think I am one of His. You can do that this morning. And guys, I'm here to tell you, it is the greatest life You will ever have. Yeah. It'll keep you out of hell. Yes. It will save your soul. But guys. It changes this life. To open your heart to Jesus. To give your life to Jesus. So if there's anybody like that. That's standing here. And they go. Pastor. I really feel like I need to. I need to open my heart. And and invite Jesus in. Would you just lift your hand. We just want to pray for you this morning. Anybody at all. I see those. Anybody else. Yeah guys. Three hands already. Anybody else just want just to invite Jesus in? And the other prong of this altar call, the other, the other angle of this altar call is, if, if you're here and you're like, God, I've honestly never really expected to hear from you. I never really thought I was holy enough or knowledgeable enough or good enough. But God, this week, I want to open myself and I want you to talk to me. You said I could hear you. You said I could know. You said if I looked for you, I could find you. God, I want you to talk to me. Anybody like that here today? You just say, I, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? I see that, 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 that. Yep, four or five of you already. Anybody else want to get in this before we pray? Guys, as you're standing here in the presence of God, I want to give you the opportunity To step out and just draw a line in the sand and make a real decision. So right now, our altar ministers are coming forward, our staff, our our board, our elders are coming forward to pray. And would you just step out of your seat and let's? Like I said, we're not going to take a long time, but let's just seal this decision in prayer. Let's just say, God, I I just want to seal this right now in prayer. I want to. I want to. Just kind of draw a line in the sand and this is what I'm, what I'm believing you for. Anybody else want to step out right now? We've got folks coming. We've got altar ministers down here to pray with you. Guys, there's some power in, in just stepping out and making a decision. So I just want to give you the opportunity to do that. Anybody else real quick? Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we love you so much. Come on, guys, let's pray together. And if you're still in your seats, would you pray for these folks down here? Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray together. And Lord God, our heart is to know you, to be closer to you. Father, to to hear your voice, to know that we've heard your voice. Father God, our heart is is to look for you and to find you. Father, our heart is to open our lives to you and give ourselves to you wholeheartedly. Lord God, you said we are your sheep, and you said we'd hear you. You said we'd know. Father, this week, talk to us. Every one of us in this room, talk to us, God. Help us, God. Father, minister to us, so you then can turn around and minister through us. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Gosh, we're going to let uh, the folks who are down here continue ministering. So uh, if you would, just take, uh, take your time. Uh, if you would, save your conversation until you make it to the foyer just out of respect for these that are down front. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.